Good morning, New Hope Community Church. How is everybody doing this morning? Oh, that sucked. That sucked. We're going to try that again. Good morning, New Hope Community Church. How is everybody doing this morning? Are we excited to be here to praise the Lord this morning, right? Are we excited to get changed this morning? Are we excited to gain something new this morning? Are we excited to lay down our burdens so that we can gain something better in life, right? How many of you guys are excited that you are here today? Let's just shout to the Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Before we get started today, just a few, few, few reminders. So Monday, as always, we have our Celebrate Recovery. Celebrate Recovery for, is for anybody, anybody who is struggling with hurt, pain, sorrow, guilt, marriages, anything, anything, anything. Shoot, you can be struggling with watching movies. Come to Celebrate Recovery. This is for anybody who wants to be changed and be renewed. We also have Wednesday night, we have our Bible studies. They switch from Thursdays to Wednesdays. Wednesdays we have our Bible studies at 6.30 in the uh, green room. So if you can, our Bible studies are about our, our pastor's messages that he speaks every single Sunday, which we'll be speaking today. That's what our Bible study will be about this week. We also have our Friday night services at, at uh, 6 o'clock. So, oh, man. 7 o'clock, sorry. We have, our, we have a Friday night service at 7 o'clock. And these messages are for anybody who wants to be changed, right? These aren't the same messages our pastor is going to be speaking on Sunday. These are totally different. These messages are meant to encourage you, to bring you up, and take you to glory, to glory, to glory, like every single one of his messages, right? So come to our Friday night service if you want more. That's what I'm going to say with it. If you want more, if you want to be filled more, if you want more of Jesus, come to our Friday night services, and you will receive more. So, let's get into the presence of the Lord. If we can all stand up this morning. You know, I'm excited. I take, I love worshiping. I love worshiping our Father because he has done so much for me. And I know he has done so much for all of you guys. So, the same way you guys get up and scream and, 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 and dance and, and move around on the songs that you love or not for Christ, right? We all have those songs. I want you guys to get up and move and dance for the songs that we do have for Christ. And I want us to shout and I want us to give our God everything because he deserves everything. Because we are nothing without him. We have all walked some type of walk in this building this morning, right? But the only way we have got here in this building is because of Christ. The only way we are here where we're at it's because of Christ. So dear Heavenly Father, Lord, Lord, I ask you right now, Father, to empty our hearts. Empty our hearts, Father, so that we can receive this morning. Father, show us something different. Show us something different this morning, Lord. Father, I thank you for all the times that you have just been next to us, Lord. The times that you have lifted us up, Father. The times that you have grabbed us and held us so close. And the times that you have just comforted us, Lord. Lord, I thank you for what you're going to do in this building, Lord. And I ask that you just allow everybody to deny themselves this morning, Father. Deny themselves so that they can receive you. Let us not use our own talents this morning, Lord. But let us use your talents. Father, let us use your gifts. And let us sing praises to you. Change us, change us, change us, change us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. amen, amen, amen. Are we ready to sing praises to our Father? He deserves it all. Yes. 
thank you for the privilege of being here today worshiping you we thank you for your grace and mercy in jesus name we pray could somebody shout out amen all right god bless you you guys may be seated for a moment we're going to go ahead and continue in our spirit of worship with our giving ushers if you want to make your way forward book of proverbs chapter 19 verse 17 says this he says he who has pity on the poor lends to the lord and he will pay back what he has given a lot of times we talk about giving and we talk about it in the terms of sowing and reaping we talk about your giving is is a seed and when you sow a seed it it reaps a harvest so it's about sowing and reaping but you don't always reap where you sow see when when you're generous with your money and, and you say I'm gonna support my church to be the hands and feet of Christ in the neighborhood you know just yesterday um, I know that, that Tim was here and uh, we have a normal, you know, food ministry here that every Saturday we get a bunch of food dropped off and there's a lot of people coming from the neighborhood and they all say the same thing. It's just, food's just got so expensive. We just can't, we just can't afford it. And they come here and they get food and they're thankful and they're able to come here and get food because you guys give money so that we can pay for a building where they could come and get food. There was another, uh, there's a four-square church that is our partner church, and they're over in Darlington. And they have a bunch of people that go to church there that were in the evacuation zone. They're only six miles away from East Palestine. They called and said, look, people are worried about their water. They're, they don't feel like anybody's doing anything, like no one cares because we're part of the Foursquare Church and we're part of a network, we were able to make some phone calls and we literally have a tractor-trailer truck of bottled water coming from Atlanta that will probably be here on Tuesday. But we couldn't do that without you guys giving. We couldn't have a men's recovery home to help people if you guys didn't give. And so a lot of times the even our, our women's home that, you know, isn't up and running, but will be up and running soon, the maternity home, you know, we help people who can't help themselves. So when you guys give, you benefit that. And guess what? The plight of the poor is especially important to Jesus. And so when you give out of your substance to help people who can't help themselves, the Lord says he'll pay you back. That's what the Bible says. That when you give and you give with a, with a heart that wants to help the people who are the least of us, the people that can't help themselves. And you can see the work that we're doing in our community. So when you give, the Lord says, I see you're giving and I'll repay you. And I don't know about you, but I've lent a lot of people money and a lot of people don't pay me back. As a matter of fact, I don't lend people money anymore. It's like if I can't give it to them, just you know whatever if you pay me back cool but 
But I can tell you one thing, the one person who you can guarantee will pay you back is the Lord. Amen? And Lord, I thank you. Thank you that, that we've had the privilege of, of helping people to be your hands and feet. And I don't, I don't say any of these things to boast in what, what we've done. I, I, boast in, I boast in the Lord. So Lord, we just, we're so thankful that we get to be a small part of your gracious and glorious plan. Lord, and I thank you for the faithfulness of those who give, Lord. And I thank you, Lord, that everything that we need to do the vision that you have for us is already on its way. It's already taken care of. Lord, and I thank you for your word that says that you will bless the hands that give, and I agree with that. And Lord, I just pray for anybody who's struggling or hurting. Lord, I pray that anything they give today, that you would multiply it back to them and you would take care of every need they have from your riches and glory. And I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And as the ushers go forward. Lord, I know. You guys want to stand. If I do it all for you. Lord, I know if I give it all to you, you give me everything I ask from you. And I know I gotta give my all to you. I lay down my life. For everything that you do, oh Lord, I will always worship you. So I scream thank you for all the things that you do. Cause better is one day in that court with you it's better in one day your course better in one day your house better in one day your course than thousand else it's better
I thank you, Father, for coming into this service, Lord, and I ask you to just allow us as a family to lay down whatever we have going on in our lives to you right now, Father, so that we can receive what you have for us this morning, Lord. Lord, take away any pain, any feeling that we're feeling right now, Lord. Lord, we want to give you our all, and we want to receive everything you got. But before we can receive, we got to lay down. And Father, I ask that you allow us all to die to ourselves and lay down. Lay down everything that we're going through. Give up all the struggles that we're going through. Lay it down to you, Father. I ask that you allow us to bring it to the cross for you, Lord. Father, I put a special protection upon these kids this morning. And I ask that you allow them to receive also. Allow them to speak. They may be struggling, they may be hurting, but allow them to speak. Allow them to speak, Father, so that you can move mountains, so that you can build these teachers up to understand what they're going through, Lord. Father, lift these teachers up as they get ready to step, to a, step into a place where they may not know, Lord. They may not know what these kids are going through. They may not even understand, but Father, show them. Show them your love so they can pour out upon these kids this morning and they can give them what they deserve, which is you. Yeah. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Hey, before you sit down, would you go find somebody that you never met before and give them a shout? Or maybe you've seen them, but you haven't seen them in a long time. Just tell them they're so glad to see them. You're welcome here in the presence of the Lord. Good to see old friends and new friends. If it's your first time here, we're so glad that you're here. You're our MVP. You are so welcome. Come be a part of what God is doing. Amen. Hey, what church do you guys go to? That's the series we've been in. We've been calling it That Church. What? Okay. All right, we're going to go. We're going to make a mic change here. But I'm going to take this off real quick. Sorry, we want to hear your word clearly. <laughs> All right. Hey, when you talk with your hands, it's kind of hard to get a mic because you have a tendency to do this. But um, so we're in the series called That Church. And, um, you know, the name That Church came around because people would say, oh, you go to that church because we were always a little bit different. Um, but that's always been OK with me. And what we've uh, what we've really wanted to um, establish over these next couple weeks is 
lay out the DNA of this church. What are we all about? We have a mission statement. It's on our bulletins. And if you see people running around with those blue shirts that say that they go to that church, it has the mission statement on the back. And it wasn't just like some clever words that I thought would, you know, oh, somebody's going to read this and they're going to think it's really cool. Like it was the heartbeat of what this ministry is all about. It says the, the mission of New Hope Church is to build community by reaching the lost, healing the broken, and equipping people to live out the calling of God for their lives, for his kingdom to come and his will to be done. So we spent the first couple weeks talking about what community is. What does community look like? Because if the mission of New Hope is to build community, we should have a definition of that. And the definition usually isn't kind of the Western or American thought of community, but what the Bible had at community, what did the first church look like in terms of community? And then we, we kind of defined that and broke that through a couple weeks. And then on Friday... Um, the next thing it says is that we are to build community by reaching the lost. So we talked about what it means to reach the lost. And the other thing is healing the broken. So we build community by reaching the lost and healing the broken. So uh, my message today has a little bit of a long title, but I think it'll be easy for you guys to remember. It's find a need and fill it, find a hurt and heal it. Go ahead and say that. Say, find the need and fill it. Find the hurt and heal it. All right. Not great like repeating, but we'll, it's all right. We'll move forward. <laughs> find a need and fill it. Find a hurt and heal it. Um, if you have your Bibles with you, we're going to start in Luke chapter 4. That's the scripture where we are going to start today. Luke chapter 4, we're going to begin in verse 16. I will be reading from the New King James Version of the Bible. So if you have a, a different Bible, an NIV or something like that, it might read a little bit different. If you're there, say amen. Verse 16, it says, so he came to Nazareth, right? Meaning Jesus. He came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. When he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, the spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He had sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Then he closed the book and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. We're just going to pray for the message. Heavenly Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you for this day. 
Thank you that this is a day like no other day. Lord, I thank you that some things will be solidified um, of who we are as a church. Lord, but I pray more than anything that our heart would be your heart. I pray that you would give us your compassion. I pray that you would give us your eyes to see the people that are out there. Lord, I pray that we would be a people that are on mission, that we wouldn't just be people who would just come to church and listen to a message, but, but, but we would be people who would be your hands and feet. Lord, so help me to preach and teach your word. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Let my words be your words. In Jesus' name, amen. I read a really cool story about a guy by the name of Orlando Morrill. And when he was just six years old, uh, his mom put him on a boat and they, were, they lived in Haiti. And they were fleeing from Haiti. The, the country was uh, just a lot of unrest, a lot of poverty, a lot of struggle. And um, this wasn't that uncommon, even today, uh, people will get on a boat and they'll try to get over to America to try to escape, um, you know, some of the things that are going on in Haiti. And a lot of times they underestimate the amount of food and water that they're going to need. A lot of times the boats aren't really safe. And a lot of times people starve, they die, their boat capsizes on their way to America. And it still happens today. But this was about in 2012. He was only six years old, and he was on a boat. The boat was way overcrowded. Um, he was basically on the verge of starving to death. And all the people were getting sick, and, and some of them were on the verge of death as well. And all of a sudden, a U.S. Coast Guard boat came in. They rescued all the people. And they took him to Guantanamo Bay. And his mother was uh, suffering from cancer. And with not a good health system in Haiti, by the time the naval doctors had begun tending to her, there wasn't much that they could do. One of the nurses that was uh, taking care of his mother became really close with uh, his mother. And his mother said, will you please take care of my son and bring him to America? And the nurse did that. She adopted the young boy who had been nursed back to health, and he became an American. And when he got the age that uh, after he graduated high school, he joined the Coast Guard. He graduated from the Coast Guard Academy, and today he patrols those same waters that he was rescued from. He went from refugee to rescuer. And, and when, I, when I read that story, not only is it just an amazing story, but to me, it's the story of Christianity. Because one of the things that I love and I'm passionate when it comes to the Christian life is that in the Christian life, the person who gets rescued eventually is supposed to become the rescuer. We had this woman, and her name is Georgette Forney, and when we had our, um, our banquet for a New Hope's Haven, our maternity home, um, she spoke at 
the banquet and she has a very interesting testimony and and as a young woman she went and she got an abortion and and she suffered with a lot of guilt and she suffered with a lot of trauma because of that and she gave her she now has given her life she found Christ and now she's given her life to uh, fighting for the lives of the unborn and also being there for those people who have experienced trauma and who are dealing with guilt and shame of having an abortion. They actually have support groups. So she was rescued and now she becomes a rescuer. I know of another ministry that's out in Las Vegas that's ran by a woman by the name of Annie Lobert. And when she was just a teenage girl, she ended up getting involved in prostitution and and that went on into her 20s and one day just hating her life she just got a bunch of drugs and and just decided you know what I'm just gonna get high one more time and I'm gonna end it all and then all of a sudden she she kind of realized what she was done and she got scared that she was gonna go to hell and that she didn't want to die and she cried out to God to save her well the paramedics got her and saved her and and, and brought her back and she took that as a confirmation that God was real. Today she has a ministry that's out in Las Vegas that, that ministers to people who are involved in human trafficking and ministers to prostitutes. They have homes where they bring them in and support groups where they counsel and care and bring these women back to life. Pastor Chuck Laporte, who was a senior pastor at New Hope Church, who was my pastor at one time, was a crystal meth addict, living in a, living in a, a low-rent hotel, separated from his family, and when he got down to nothing, when he didn't even have enough money to spend another night in the hotel, he ended up in a Christian men's home. He got saved and gave his life to Christ. And because of his ministry, he helped me get off drugs and he helped disciple me in the things of God and that same Christian men's home that he got saved in became the inspiration for us to start our Christian men's home the rescued becomes the rescuer there's another woman I don't think she's here today I don't see her but her name is Melissa and she comes to church here too and she uh, experienced a lot of trauma and hurt in her life and she started a ministry that she helps people through, they call it like smash art. And so things that people throw away, their old pottery, their old china, they take it and they break it. And then they put it back and make some art. And this is what they put together. And she gave me this guitar and she told me I could raffle it off and sell it. But I haven't had the heart to. But what it is, is it's a picture that Jesus can take all the broken pieces and make a beautiful song out of your life. And many people are ministered to because of that ministry. The story of Christianity is the rescued becomes the rescuer. And when I talk about the church being a community, it's not just a social club. This is a community that brings healing. Many people are, are hurting in this world, and, and, and they're lost, and, and guess what? The world needs Jesus, Amen. and the world needs you, and you, and you, and you, and you, and you, and all of you. He needs, the world needs Jesus, and the world needs you.
Because, see, when Jesus said, it is finished, he did his part. And today he's seated at the right hand of God. He's the head of the church, but we are his body. That means we are his hands and feet, that we are his instruments. You and I are the instruments that are used by Jesus to bring healing into a hurting world. All of us have different experiences. We all have different things that we've been through. Yeah, we have wounds. We have those times of suffering. We've had those things that we went through that we didn't think we were going to make it through. And Jesus healed us from that. And Jesus saved us from that. And some of us are still in that process of healing. But can I tell you something? God will not waste any one of your hurts. He will not waste any of your pain. He doesn't cause the pain, right? Everything good and perfect comes from God. Your pain is caused from living in a broken world. But the Bible says that he'll take all things and he'll work it for the good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. And with the same comfort that you have been given, you are to take that comfort and give it to somebody else. I didn't tell her I was going to say this, but, um, you know, Char's in here today and, you know, she went through the unthinkable tragedy of losing a son. And I've watched her minister to person after person. God's like brought them to her and she's came by the the side of these people and, and ministered to them. God helped her. God healed her heart. And now she becomes a healer. She becomes an instrument in the master's hand to bring healing to the rest of the world. That is what you and I are called to do. We're called to find a need and fill it, find a hurt and heal it. How do we build community? By by, by reaching the lost and healing the broken. This is what Jesus said in the scripture I read. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to uh, declare the year of the Lord, the acceptable year of the Lord. And then this is what he did when he was reading that. I just want you to feel the weight of this. When he read it, he closed it, and he was like, that was about me. That's what I've come to do. And if you know anything about the way that God works, when God speaks something, it keeps going until he tells it to stop. That's why the universe... They say, scientists say the universe is constantly expanding because when he said, let there be light, light went and it's still going and it's not going to stop till God tells it to stop. So guess what? When he said that he's come to bring the good news, the good news is still going forth. When he said that he's come to heal the brokenhearted, that healing is still flowing through his body when he said that he has came to set the captives free today he still sets the captives free till his church hallelujah he does it through his church he does it through you and I Christ in you the hope of glory I don't know if you're excited but I'm excited this is what turns my 
this is what I love. This is my wheelhouse. I'm about to do three blocks around this church, knock on somebody's door, tell them Jesus loves them, and you need to bring your butt to church, get out of bed. We build community through reaching the lost and healing the broken. That means when we see somebody that's in pain, when we see somebody that's hurting, when we see a need in our community, then because we are Jesus' hand and feet, we are obligated to do something about it. God, why don't you do something about this? Why don't you do something about the people that are starving? Why don't you do something about the violence on our street? Jesus did his work. He died in our place for our sins. So that we could be reunited back with the Father. He sent the Holy Spirit to come and dwell among us. And he said, all authority has been given to me. Therefore, go in my authority. And he says, you will trample on snakes and scorpions and over all powers of the enemy. No power of the enemy can stand against you. And sometimes I, I look out at, at the reason that the world is so messed up and it's kind of because the church hasn't been doing the job that it's been called to do. We haven't been active. Most of the church is run like a Kiwanis club. Whatever in the world that is. But it's just a club that people get together and just don't really do it. They meet together and they say hi and they have fun. But, but the thing is that the mission field is out on the streets. And we're called to make a real difference in people's lives. As we rebuild people, then our community will be rebuilt. Our job is to rebuild people and help people find the healing that they need through Christ, and then God builds his church. Amen? Amen. I want to look at another passage of scripture that I think is going to just kind of help drive this, uh, drive this point home, and it's, it's one of my very favorite stories in the Bible. It's in Mark uh, chapter 2, Mark chapter 2, and it's just an amazing story. Mark chapter 2, verse 1, says this, again, referring to Jesus. And again, he entered Capernaum after some days. And it was heard that he was in the house. Immediately, many gathered together so that there was no longer room to receive them, not even near the door. And he preached a word to them. Then they came to him, bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. And when they could not near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. So when they had broken through, they let the bed on which the paralytic was lying. So let's, let's think about what was really happening here. Jesus is in a home. Jesus is doing miracles. Words getting around pretty quickly. Large crowds are coming to see Jesus. He's in a home. He's trying to teach in a home. The entire home is filled up. There's people all on the outside of the home. There's people at the door. Meanwhile, 
there's four men who have a friend who is paralyzed. And they're like, man, if we can just get this guy to Jesus, maybe he can be healed. And they get a mat and they put, a, put this guy on a mat. And I don't know how far they had to travel. It doesn't really say. But you have four men carrying a person who could not walk on a mat and they get to the house to see where Jesus is, but they can't get in because there's a huge crowd. And instead of being like, well, I don't know, we tried, we gave it, we gave it a shot, you know, I guess we have to give up. They decided that somehow they must have got a ladder or something like that, but they ended up trying to find a way onto the roof and most of the houses of that day would have sort of flat roofs and sometimes they would have these towels that laid over. And basically, they figured out a way to get on the roof. I mean, think of the logistics of this. They already had to carry a man who could not walk, and now they got to figure out a way to get him up on the roof. They get him up on the roof. They take the roof apart, and then right there where Jesus is teaching, all of a sudden, they lower this guy down from the roof. It's crazy. Verse 5. It says, when Jesus saw their faith, I want you to just put that in the back of your mind. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, son, your sins are forgiven you. And some of the scribes were sitting there and reasoning in their hearts, why does this man speak blasphemies like this? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Well, I guess Jesus can forgive sins because Jesus is God. Amen? Amen? Tell that one to your Jehovah's Witness friends, by the way. <laughs> Number eight, but immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they reasoned thus within themselves, he said to them, why do you reason about these things in your hearts? What is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven you, or to say, arise, Take up your bed and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man has the power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. Immediately he arose, took up the bed, and went out in the presence of them all, so that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, we never saw anything like this. So when, when he told the man that your, his sins were forgiven, you, you really couldn't, like, you, you couldn't see something happening. And so when, when the religious people began questioning Jesus, and how can he forgive sins? He said, well, I'm going to show you how. Because just as much as I can say that, that I forgive you of your sins, I can say, arise, take up your mat, and walk. It's called the double cure. Your sins forgiving and healing for your body. And they were blown away. They couldn't believe that, that, that um, anything like that could ever happen. They never saw anything like that. I mean, it would have just been an amazing sight. I wish I could have been there at that time. But if we just look at this story, there's actually a lot that you and I can learn from this. See, the, this man's friends, they were, they were concerned about him. 
And they knew that the only chance that he could be healed was if they could get him to Jesus. If they don't act, he's never getting up off of that mat. He's going to be stuck where he's at. And, and although, look, we believe in physical healing. We've seen miraculous healings. I've seen God do the miraculous. Seen people get out of wheelchairs. I've seen people, you know, put down crutches. I've seen people take off boots. We have some medical equipment right there. We're starting a medical equipment store. We believe in that. But, but when I look at this man... I see a picture of somebody who is lost and cannot help themselves. And we all know people that, that, that are lost and they can't help themselves. They're, they're, they're bound to drugs. They're bound to alcohol. They're stuck in depression. They, they, they don't know that they're stuck in fear. They, you know, they, they just, they, they have problems and they have issues and, and, and they're just taking hit after hit after hit after hit in life. They're lost. And there is an answer for them. And, and the answer to them is Jesus. And when you see these four men taking their friend and putting him on a mat and carrying him to Jesus, that's a picture of the way that we're supposed to be as a church. We're supposed to be going and finding those people who are down and out, who are lost without Jesus and circling around them and say, listen, we know that there's a better way. We know that there's a better way for, for you to live your life. In verse 5, it says that when Jesus saw their faith, when he saw the faith of the friends, when he saw their faith, he said, your sins are forgiven. And maybe it was the man's faith too, a little bit, because I mean, he had to, I guess, at least let them do it. But when you come to people who are, who are really down and out and are really hurting, they may not have the faith that they can be healed. They may not have the faith that, that Jesus can, can set them free. And, and you're going to have to use your faith. And you're going to have to start talking about the things that Jesus has done in your life. And you're going to have to start telling them about the things that Jesus has done in the people's lives around you. Because when you begin to talk about the things of God, right, faith comes from hearing the word of God and when you begin sharing your testimony when you begin sharing the things that Jesus had done in people's lives around you it allows faith to rise up inside of them that you can say to them listen I know that you've been an addict for 15 years but just come with me and let me let me lead you to this man by the name of Jesus I know you're two months behind in your rent. You don't know how you're going to make it, but, but let me take your hand and let me take you to Jesus. I know that you've dealt with depression your whole life, but, but, but let me get you to Jesus because the, the gospel, the, the good news is the power of God unto salvation. And, and the good news of the gospel is that you don't have to live like that anymore. You don't have to live addicted. You don't have to live in poverty.
poverty. You don't have to live never having enough money. You don't have to live to be depressed and in fear. You don't have to live your life to be demonized because there is a more excellent way. There is one who came to set the captives free. And if you'll just let us carry you to Jesus, you'll find the narrow road that leads to life and life more abundant. Somebody say abundance. abundance. You don't have to live like that anymore. It's the thief that came to steal, kill, and destroy. You don't have to live like that. There is a more excellent way. But we've got to be willing to take those people to Jesus. So not only do we got to be willing to, to, to bring these people to Jesus, we also got to not let obstacles stop you. Because I can assure you that... As soon as you find somebody and, and you know they're lost and you start trying to talk to them about the things of the Lord and you start trying to bring them to a recovery group or bring them to church, guess what? You're going to run into a couple obstacles, right? The, these men tried to, tried to bring their friend to Jesus, but a bunch of people were, were already there. And they didn't say, well, hey, man, guess, guess it wasn't meant to be. Guess this is just your lot in life. No. They said, you know what? Whatever we got to do, we're going to get our friend to Jesus. They tore off the roof and they lowered that guy down. You're going to run into obstacles when you're dealing with people who are broken. You're going to invite them to church and they're not going to show up. Yeah, I'll be there. I'll be, man, can you just come meet me at church? I'll be there, I promise. I promise this time I'll be at church. And they're not going to show up. Keep asking them. Hey, I missed you, man. Guess what? The good news is there's another, there's a Friday service too. Did you know that? Oh, and there's a Monday Celebrate Recovery. And there's a Wednesday Bible Study. And there's another Sunday on the way. That's a great thing. You missed it, but it's always like another Sunday the next week. You're going to run into some obstacles. You're going to go and you're going to try to pick them up and they're not going to show up. They're going to act like lost people. They're going to have times where maybe you get them to church, you get them to a recovery meeting, and, and it's going to be like they're taking one step forward and two steps back. You're going to run into some obstacles. That's part of the process. That's part of the healing process. It takes time. And if they've been spending their entire life living for the devil, it's going to take a little while for them to get out of the hole that they dug. But the good news is they can get out of the hole. And Jesus can turn their life around. And he does have a plan and purpose for them. And there's no sin that's too big for him. People might be a little rough around the edges, you know. You're going to reach these people, and people are going to be rough around the edges. I, I, remember, uh, I remember Clay and Dan brought this dude into church, and I mean, this guy, he was like one of them train hopper guys. <laughs> this guy was out of his mind, man. I mean, I, you know, and he would come in, and we, we just loved on him. And he would almost, almost every night, he would storm out the back and cuss me out. But I didn't, you know, I, I didn't react. 
Just told them I loved them, and we just sowed seed. See, when people are lost and they're broken, they're used to being rejected. They're used to people mistreating them. They're used to people giving up on them. They're used to failing. They're used to falling. So when you begin to work with them, there's going to be obstacles along the way. But don't let those obstacles stop you. You keep believing the best. You keep believing that, that Jesus can heal them. Don't allow yourself to become cynical and, and, and give up and begin to, to write people off. Yes, you do have to be aware at times there are wolves who will take advantage of Christians who are kind to them. You know how we manage that whole thing? We do it within community. There were four guys that brought that man. You know, you, you don't, you're not obliged to give somebody money so that they can buy drugs or that they can buy beer. And if that's all they want, you're not obliged to help them. But you continue to say, hey, look, when you want some real help, I'll help you. So you do got to be aware of that. We have community to help one another, but don't allow yourself to get hard-hearted. Don't allow yourself to look at people and act like they're too far gone for Jesus. Jesus is the only hope for us in this world. Jesus is the only hope for us in this world. And guess what? His plan was the church. So there's no plan B. It's it. You look to your left and you look to your right. This is the plan. This is the plan of God to save the world. So I guess we need to get busy, amen? But you got to understand, this is... This is the church that we are building here. A church that builds community by reaching the lost and the broken. Yes, we, we, we preach the gospel and, and we teach the Bible, but we're here to be the hands and feet in Jesus in a meaningful way. In a meaningful way. In a real way. I, we have this vision of building a ministry called the Beaver County Miracle Center. God has given us an entire city block here. And just like you go to a hospital, and a hospital is this big complex where people who are physically sick go there and get healing, I want this place to be a hospital for people who are spiritually sick so they can come and they can live here and they can get healing. This is meant to be a community. Amen? We've had our men's recovery home, the bridge. We've had that here for over a dozen years. There's hundreds of men who've been through that program. Testimonies. We don't always share everything because these are very personal, sensitive things sometimes. But God is working in that ministry. He's setting people free from, from drugs and alcohol and just things that they've had happen in their life, just taking hits. Sometimes people take hits and they just, they need a place. They need a safe, secure place where, where, where they can kind of get off the streets. They can get around community. They can get around a bunch of men that will pray for them and encourage them. They can get involved in a church that will help them and build them up and not give up on them so that they can get back on their feet and they can see their lives changed. 
The next ministry that we are on our verge of opening up, we have the building across the street. It's a women's maternity home. It's called New Hope's Haven. Any woman who is pregnant and doesn't have anywhere to go and is in need of housing can come live there, have their needs met. We're going to help them build up a spiritual life. We're going to help them make sure they got their doctor's appointments on track. We're going to make sure that they have counseling. We're going to help them transition to permanent housing. This is, this is our answer to the things of abortion because it's one thing to say to somebody, you shouldn't have an abortion and, and, and abortion is murder. But when they don't have any means and, and they don't have anywhere to go, what do you do? So we step into that space and say, look, you know, that, that life inside of you is precious. And it's a miracle and it's given to you by God. And, and life is precious to God. And, and, I, and I know that you're desperate and I know that you don't have, that you don't have anywhere else to go. But, but allow us to come along your side and we have somewhere for you to live. And we're going to take care of you and we're going to help you. And we're going to have women that are going to come and walk alongside of you even after you have the baby. Even after you get your own place. We're going to have women come and help you and come alongside of you. That is what we're talking about. That's what we're about. We have a preschool here. I hope that soon we'll have an after-school program. We started an after-school program to reach our kids, but COVID hit and kind of blew everything up, and we didn't have a chance to restart that. But another thing that we want to do on the radar is we want to open up a youth home. We've had several girls that have went to this church that literally were in high school and didn't have a place to stay. They would stay with friends here and there, living out of suitcases, going here and going there. It's a problem. What if they had their own place that they could stay at and they had somebody who would mentor them and help them so that they could get to the next level? And so on and so forth. Whatever the needs are in front of us in our community, we want to be ready to act, get right in the middle of those hurt spots and say, you know what? There's healing available for you, and his name is Jesus. Amen? If our worship team wants to make their way forward, I hope that you guys want to be a part of this. Because we're not looking to, you know, I love our Sundays. I do. I, I get excited. I wake up early in the morning. Honestly, I can't even hardly sleep on Saturday night. I know that sounds silly, but I'm telling you, I go to sleep late. I wake up early. I'm excited to meet with you on Sunday morning, but this isn't just about Sunday morning. This is about seven days a week. It's about every, this is where we come together. This is where we celebrate. This is where we get armored up. This is where we get filled up to go and do the work on the, uh, of the ministry the other seven days a week. I mean, if, if, if the drug dealers are, are working seven days a week and, you know, the, the, the people that are gang members and the people that are doing crime and, and the porn industry and the sex traffickers and the human traffickers, they're working seven days a week. How are we going to make headway if we're only getting together on Sundays? We have to do more. We have to do greater things.
And guess what? Greater things we are going to do. I promise you that all of this is going to happen. Every little bit of everything that I said, I can tell, because this is not my plan. This is God's plan. This is God's plan. I can remember even just when I first started pastoring the church and, uh, you know, we, we've made such headway and God's done so much in our life. I remember when, when I first took over the church, there was about 20 people and we were sitting in the church basement and, you know, we didn't have a lot of things that we had now. And, and I was talking about how we were going to change the world. And I remember like, you know, there'd be older ladies that would literally kind of just come and like slap me on the back and just be like, oh yeah, that's, that's nice. You have some nice thoughts and then just kind of walk away laughing. But see, the thing is, is that this was never about me. It's about the Christ that is inside of me. It's about God's plan for New Hope Community Church. It's about God's plan for Ambridge. It's about God's plan for Pennsylvania and for this country. This is what, this is what it's all about. Listen, I've said it once before and I'll say it again. Look at the systems that we have in this country. Our mental health system broken. Our addiction recovery programs broken. You know, addiction recovery is one of the, the only places where you can have a 7% success rate and be held up as the gold standard for addiction. How could that be? Nobody ever says, well, maybe what you're doing isn't working. But I know what works. Jesus. Amen? Because only Jesus gives you supernatural, miracle-working power. It's only through when you say yes to Jesus that your sins are forgiven and that you can make peace with your past and, and that you make your peace with God and the Holy Spirit comes and lives inside of you and gives you the power and the grace to overcome those things that you could never overcome on your own. Our justice system is broken. Our government is broken. But, but, our, but our hope is not in any of those things. Our hope is in the Lord. And everything can be shaken, but we serve a kingdom that can never be shaken. And when we come together in unity and we unite among the cause of Christ and say, you know what? This is who we are. This is what we're gonna do. We believe it and we're gonna see this whole thing come to pass. Then there's no demon in hell that can stop what God is doing. God will build his church and the gates of hell will never overcome it. Before we sing this last worship song, I don't wanna take it for granted that everybody here has made that decision to give their life to Jesus Christ. I wanna give you that opportunity. And I, I'm not talking about kind of finding religion. I'm not talking about turning over a new leaf. I'm talking about you making your peace with God, a God that loves you so much that he sent his only begotten son to die in your place 
for your sins. The Bible says that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That means that when you were at your worst, Christ saw that sin and said, you know what? I'm going to die for that person so that he can be forgiven, so that she can be forgiven. And it doesn't cost you a thing, but it costs the Son of God his life. And if that's you and you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, if I could just get every head bowed and every eye closed, if you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life and you want to you wanna make Jesus your Lord and Savior today, you want to repent of your sins and, and you want to be forgiven and you want to have them send the Holy Spirit to live within you, today can be your day of salvation. I just need you to do one thing. Just slip a hand right up in the air. Say, that's me. That's me. Amen. God sees your hand. He knows your heart. Anybody else? Anybody else in here? Need to have a time and you need to have a place. Anybody else? You never made Jesus the Lord of your life. We're going to say a we're going to say a simple prayer together. We call it the sinner's prayer. And it's not a magic formula. It's not an abracadabra. But if you pray it in faith, it has all the power to translate you from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light, just like that. So if you've raised your hand, I want you to go ahead and just pray this prayer and as a church body we're going to pray it with you even though we're already saved we're going to pray it with you because we want you to know that you have a family now and you have people that are going to surround you and you have a people that are going to get past any obstacle that they need to get you right to Jesus to where he can heal you just pray this say Lord Jesus I come to you. I'm sorry for the way I've lived, the things I've done. I'm a sinner, but you're my savior. And I believe that you died in my place for my sins. Send the Holy Spirit to live within me and change me. And I will follow you for all my days. And today, I confess that I'm saved, that I'm forgiven, that I'm born again. In Jesus' name, amen. My friend, if you prayed that prayer for the very first time, the Bible says that there's a party that kicked off in heaven with your name on it. And before you leave, just grab a hold of about three people and say, you know what, today I made Jesus the Lord of my life. Can we stand up and praise him for what he's done and what he's about to do? Amen. Let's enter into his presence. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Let's thank him with your own voice. Lift up your voice to heaven. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Lord. When I pray, I know that you will hear me.
today and you know you're you come here and you're worshiping Jesus and you know you kind of got a smile on your face but there's just this little part of you that's saying I don't understand why I had to go through this and I don't understand why I had to go through that and I don't understand why I, I went through this and now all of a sudden the answer came full circle God wants to do something inside of you he wants to take that pain and that suffering and the things you've been through and he wants you to pour it out and he wants you to become a healer. He wants you to become a healer in your family, in your workplace, in your community. He's going to do great things through you. The only thing you're going to be limited by is your faith to believe what Jesus can do. It's not about what you can do on your own. It's what about the Lord can do through you. Your co-laborers with Christ. This is a church of not a bunch of followers. This is a church of a bunch of leaders. A bunch of leaders in here. 
years ago, before I was even the senior pastor of this church, a man stood up and he had a prophecy. And he said, I saw a vision of a man standing on front of the church. And he, it was like he was skipping rocks down by the river. He was just throwing rocks out. And he was just throwing rocks out. And he was just throwing them out. And he was throwing them out. And he was throwing them out. And he said, it's a picture of what God wants to do in this church. He wants to take the people, let them get healed, and then he's just going to send them out. Going to send them out. And he's going to send another one 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 out. And it's just going to keep going and going and going until Jesus comes home. If we could just raise our hands to heaven. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he lift his countenance upon you and give you peace. Until we meet again, may the blessing and the favor of our Lord Jesus Christ rest upon you and your house. This service is dismissed, but if you want to stick around for worship, if you want to stick around for prayer, you're welcome. Welcome to stay in here all day if you want. Amen. Praise God. This is how I... This is how I, this is how I fight my battle. This is how I fight my battle. This is how I fight my battle. This is how I, this is how I, this is how I fight my battle. This is how I fight my battle. This is how I fight my battle.
Man.